Proverbs 18 and verse 24. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Written, as you know, by King Solomon. And I want to put it to you that if anyone in Scripture was sought after as a friend, it would have been the man who was the human penman of this parable, this proverb. King Solomon would have been so sought after as a friend. In Proverbs 19 and verse 6, if you just look to the next chapter, you'll find these words, Proverbs 19 and verse 6, many will entreat the favor of the prince, and every man is a friend to him that giveth gifts. Solomon was certainly speaking from experience here. We know from the scriptures that he was an extremely wealthy man, a very prosperous man. Having wisely asked the Lord for wisdom, he was given many other things besides, and one of them was great financial wealth. He had many assets. We're able to look into the scriptures, and scholars have calculated that Solomon's annual income only from gold was 400 million U.S. dollars in today's money. The equivalent income only from gold, let alone all the other things that he possessed. An extremely wealthy man and a very generous man because that's shown to us in Second Chronicles 9 and verse 12 when we read, And King Solomon gave to the queen of Sheba all her desire, whatsoever she asked, beside that which she had brought to the king. A wealthy man and a generous man. And so he speaks from personal experience, undoubtedly in Proverbs 19.6, when he says, Every man is a friend to him that giveth gifts. Solomon would have had more than a few fair-weather friends. And he learned from personal experience about those who wish to be your friend, it seems, but ultimately their motives are selfish. And in the text that we've chosen tonight, Proverbs 18 and 24, Solomon reflects, I believe, on his experience of human friendship, which was vast. But ultimately, he brings his thoughts to bear on the dearest friend. And it's that theme that I want to set before you this evening. We're going to consider five truths that this parable teaches us, which will point us, as Solomon points us, to the dearest friend. The first thing that we see in this proverb is that human friendship is uncertain. Human friendship is uncertain because read with me verse 24, which says, a man that hath friends. That word friends in the Hebrew simply means a whole range of different acquaintances from someone that you have met quite casually through to someone that you may know well. But we're considering that human friendship is uncertain. This proverb sets before us a man who has friends. But you and I both know there are many people who don't have friends. That may have been our experience at one time or another. We may have felt that we were without a true friend. It's not guaranteed that you and I will have true friends in this life. Job, who was also a very prosperous and successful man with a large family, lost almost everything. And he said in Job 19 verse 14, My kinsfolk have failed and my familiar friends have forgotten me. What Job once had, he no longer had. He lost friends that he thought were familiar and dear to him. Because human friendship is uncertain. It's not always guaranteed that we will will have friends. But sometimes God does bless us 
with good friends. And that certainly is a great blessing. Let me bring one example to your attention. And if you turn, please, to 1 Samuel chapter 18, we'll read about that friendship together. We consider here David as a young man who has just killed the giant Goliath. And in 1 Samuel chapter 18, we read of David becoming a very close and a very dear friend to the king's son, who was called Jonathan. 1 Samuel 18 and verse 1, And it came to pass, when he had made an end of speaking unto Saul, that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Imagine having a friend that the scriptures, the book that contains no error, no falsehood, no exaggeration, a friend that the scriptures could truthfully say loved you like they loved their own soul. That's a special and a true friend. Read on. Verse 3, Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was upon him and gave it to David and his garments, even to his sword and to his bow and to his girdle. There's a common saying, he would give you the shirt off his back. That's basically what Jonathan was doing here. He loved David so much that although Jonathan being the king's son, son would have had the finest of possessions, he willingly parted with some of his prized items and gave them to this friend, David, whom he loved as his own soul. He held nothing back from him. Imagine having a friend like that. Do you know, unsafe person tonight, you could have a friend like that and better still. We're going to come to see him, the dearest friend. So keep listening. First Samuel 19, in verse 1, we see Jonathan choosing his friendship for David over his family bond and his loyalty to his father, Saul, who was acting wrongly and was angry wrongly with David. Jonathan, verse 2 of Samuel, 1 Samuel 19, Jonathan, Saul's son, delighted much in David. And Jonathan told David, saying, Saul, my father, seeketh to kill thee. Jonathan was siding with his friend, and he was risking his own relationship with his father. He was risking his father's favor. He may have been risking a position in his father's court or in his father's army, Saul being the king of Israel. But for Jonathan, his friendship with David mattered more than all of these things. What a special friend he was. But ultimately, as we're considering Human friendship is uncertain. Because although David had such a special friend in Jonathan, the sad day came when he lost that friend. Because at the end of 1 Samuel, we read that the Philistines killed Jonathan in battle. And we read then that David mourned him. He mourned over the loss of his friend. So human friendship is uncertain. A man that hath friends. Now let's go back to our passage our proverb this evening, and let's look at this next phrase. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. The second fact we learn about human friendship is that it is conditional. There are conditions attached to being friends with someone, namely that you must show yourself friendly. It depends on your behavior towards a person, whether or not they will want to be your friend. Friendship has been defined as a relationship of mutual affection. You can't just take. You've got to give. And that was the case with David and Jonathan. 
When David lamented over the now deceased Jonathan, he said, I am distressed for thee, my brother Jonathan. Very pleasant hast thou been unto me. Jonathan showed himself friendly to David, and the friendship was mutual. That phrase, show himself friendly, in Proverbs 18 and verse 24, comes from one Hebrew word that indicates the idea of company, spending time, being in the company of someone. That's what we do with those people who we love, with our dear friends. We want to be with them. We enjoy being with them. But at times, some people don't keep the condition of friendship. And they are proved not to be our friends, but to be our enemies. And I want to show you the most tragic example of this. And please turn with me to see that in Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. We're seeing here that human friendship is conditional. Now read with me in Matthew 26 from verse 48 to verse 50, please. Matthew 26, verse 47 to 50. And while he yet spake, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came, and with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now he that betrayed him gave them a sign, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same as he. Hold him fast. And forthwith he came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. And Jesus said unto him, Friend, Wherefore art thou come? Then came they and laid hands on Jesus and took him. The Lord Jesus, of course, knew all along that Judas was not truly his friend. The word that Christ used is one of the the weaker words in Greek that's translated friend. It's not a close friend. Christ knew that Judas was not his friend, and yet we must ask ourselves, surely did Judas not feel at all guilty? When he came in the very act of betrayal and Jesus Christ called him friend, he addressed him as that thing that Judas had pretended and claimed to be for years. Judas was one of the twelve. He kept the bag. He was the treasurer. And here he is betraying the dear Son of God. Human friendship is conditional. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. Let me challenge you this evening. I look around the congregation and I see people and I see people who to the outside eye certainly appear to be part of the congregation. You appear to the outsider to be a friend of Christ. You appear to be a Christian. Are you? Are you his friend? Or is it just a veneer? Is it just a profession? And when it comes to the end, Will you be shown to be his friend, or will you be actually his enemy? There are no neutral parties concerning Jesus Christ. He that is not with me is against me, the Lord said. Be very sure that you are Jesus Christ's friend, because he will come one day in judgment. We've considered some truths about human friendship. Now we want to come to the second half of the proverb. And we want to consider Christ's friendship. Of course, Jesus Christ is the dearest friend. Because the proverb continues, And there is a friend. It's in the singular. There's one friend. There is a friend. And the word that's used by Solomon here 
goes deeper than the word that is used earlier, a man that hath friends. That plural word speaks of those who may only be our acquaintances, but the word that's used here goes deeper, and it teaches and shows us a deeper level of affection, a deeper connection. Solomon's talking about a special, a singular friend. And what we want to put forward here from this phrase is this fact. Christ's friendship is certain. Contrast it with what we saw about human friendship. Human friendship is uncertain. But Christ offers a friendship that is certain. And how can we say that? We say it because, as we considered this morning, Jesus, being the Son of God, is an eternal person. He always is. And so what Solomon says here, there is a friend, is a statement that has always been true and always will be true. Contrary to human friendship, we live and we die. But Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so we can always say, and the church of Jesus Christ can always proclaim to a lost world, there is a friend. He always will be there. Turn with me, please, to John chapter 18. We find the Lord Jesus Christ professing to be an eternal person and demonstrating the certainty of of his friendship, John 18. This is another passage that relates to us the act of betrayal by Judas in the garden. And even at that time, Christ demonstrates to sinners that he is the dearest friend and that his friendship is certain. John 18 and verse 4. Jesus therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus saith unto them, I am he. And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. Now when Christ spoke, as it is recorded in the Greek text of the New Testament, there are only two words, not three. The Greek says simply, I am. And you'll notice that in your English, your authorized translation of the scriptures, the word he is in italics. It should be. And that's because the words that Christ actually uttered were that name of God that we thought about this morning, I am. Jesus Christ was professing to those who came to capture him and to try him that he was the eternal God, that he was an eternal person, and that his existence is certain, unlike yours or mine, which is only ever a possibility. Jesus Christ's existence is certain, and therefore the friendship that he offers is certain. And that is what makes Jesus Christ the ever-present friend. That's why Solomon could truthfully say there is a friend. And so when David lost his best friend, Jonathan, who had welcomed him and clothed him and given him gifts and protected him and argued for him, David still had a far greater friend and a far dearer friend who had done all that for him in the spiritual sense. And much, much more. And so you and I, believer, with joy in our hearts, we can say this evening, there is a friend. And he's mine. Go back to the passage, back to the text, please. The final part of the verse, and the fourth thought, is that Christ's friendship is unconditional. We're making two contrasts. Human friendship is uncertain, but Christ's friendship is certain because of who he is. 
Human friendship, then, is conditional. We have to show ourselves friendly to each other, or we won't have any friends. But Christ's friendship is unconditional. And in order to bring that out of the text, we need to spend some time thinking about this phrase, that sticketh closer than a brother. What does that actually mean? And what truths are there in that for us to learn? Well, first of all, we need to notice that Solomon, up until now, has been talking about friends. He's been talking about friendship. But now he's talking about family. He takes things up a level. That word sticketh, a friend that sticketh closer than a brother, is a word that means to adhere or to cling. And it's first used in Genesis 2 verse 24, which says, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife. Cleaving and clinging. That's the closeness of the bond that's being described here. And now we all know that sometimes siblings can argue, right, kids? Yeah. Sometimes Solomon knew that sometimes your brothers can greatly disappoint you. Because Solomon's half-brother was called Absalom. And Absalom broke their father's heart. And rebelled against him. And turned much of the nation of Israel against his father David, the rightful king. But Solomon knew that what brothers should do is they should be close. And that was especially true in Israel at the time. This is not something that we find in our culture today. But in Israel, let's briefly remind ourselves, Israel was a place where the family bond was very strong. The entire nation was divided into tribes. Tribes that were named after brothers. The sons of Jacob. And family was paramount. It was so important. And if you were an ancient Israelite in the time of Solomon or before or even after, there were certain things that were expected of a brother. I'm going to give you two quick examples. The first one is given in Leviticus 25. And in the case of two brothers, one being rich and one being poor, the rich brother was expected under the ceremonial law to help his poor brother who had had to sell Things like perhaps the inheritance, the land. Things that were truly important and necessary. The richer brother was duty-bound to help his poor brother redeem what had been lost. And the second example is even more intimate and even more close. Because in Deuteronomy 25 we read that in the case of there being again two brothers, one of them being married and then dying... The remaining brother was duty-bound to take his deceased brother's wife and to raise up children to continue his deceased brother's family line. Again, something that we are not familiar with in our culture whatsoever. But that was the law of Israel. And so when Solomon says that there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother, that had a depth of meaning for him and his countrymen that it doesn't have for you and I. And the lesson that Solomon is teaching is Christ, the dearest friend of all, the the eternal friend, does more than what could be expected of even the best and the closest and the most faithful brother. That's how close Jesus Christ is. And this teaches us, since Christ goes beyond what is ever expected of human friendship, that his friendship is unconditional. He does not require anything of you this evening, sinner, 
to be your friend. He offers his friendship to you freely and unconditionally. John chapter 15, perhaps you are still in the New Testament. John chapter 15 contains some very wonderful verses on this topic. John chapter 15 And we read in verse 16, Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you. Jesus Christ loved us, believer, before we ever loved him. As that hymn says in our hymn book, this number 393, I found a friend, oh, such a friend, he loved me ere I knew him. Young people, you have to be so careful what you're listening to. I remember... A friend of my sister's, when we were quite young, came running up to her one day and said, oh, I heard this song. You'll really like it. I don't think she did. But the friend said, it's really good. The, line, the first line starts, uh, it was a soppy love song. The friend said, the first line starts, I loved you before I met you. No, you didn't. You can't do that. We can't do that. We can't love people before we meet them. But that's exactly what Jesus Christ has done for sinners. He has chosen us. He has loved us from all eternity. He loved us before we met him. His friendship is unconditional. While we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Don't look for friendship with Jesus Christ expecting to offer him something in order to merit that friendship. He doesn't require any condition of you in order to accept his friendship. He offers it freely. His friendship is unconditional. It goes beyond what is expected even of the best brother, the closest brother. And that's why Jesus Christ offers a friendship that is unconditional. And so, sinner, this evening, all that is required of you, if you would be the friend, the the friend of Jesus Christ, the child of God, if you would be saved... All that is required of you is that you come and take him at his word and believe what this book is telling you. That he's a friend who sticks closer than a brother and that he offers that friendship to you freely. The final thing we want to learn from this proverb, having seen that human friendship is uncertain, but Christ's friendship is certain. And that human friendship is conditional, but Christ's friendship is offered unconditionally. Is this, that Christ's friendship is transformative. It transforms a person. And this takes us back to the first part of the proverb, which says, A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. If you're friends with Jesus Christ, if he is your Savior, and he is your friend, and your Lord, it will be obvious. A man that is the friend of Jesus Christ will demonstrate his friendship with the Lord Jesus. And Christ gave a test, a marker of friendship with him in John 15 verse 14 that says, Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I have commanded you. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. So if I'm speaking to anyone this evening who came into the meeting thinking that they were the friend of God, that they were the friend of Jesus Christ, hold yourself against this test. Do you do what Jesus has commanded? 
Do you love him? Do you keep his commandments? Are you living according to his word, not just when you're in these four walls, but in your life throughout the rest of the week? If Jesus Christ is our friend, we will show ourselves friendly to him. We will do his commands. We may be hated by the world, but we will love the Lord and we will love his people. 1 John 4 and verse 7 speaks of this. Let's turn there as we come towards a close. 1 John 4 and verse 7. In a day when there are many false professions and many people who take the name of Christian, we need to be careful that we are sure that we make our calling and election sure and that you test yourself against the word of God. 1 John 4 and verse 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Do you love the Lord? Do you love his people? Do you love his word? Do you love to come and sing his praise? Do you love to keep his commandments? Do you show yourself friendly? Now in closing, it's true that especially for young people in our country, it seems that many young people are without true friends. And that it is hard. It is hard for them to find those who they can trust and confide in. Let me set before you the Lord Jesus Christ tonight. If you are lonely, if you're in need of a true friend, there's none better. He is the dearest friend. He's the friend who goes and has gone beyond what could be expected of the best of friends, better than Jonathan was for David, better than any brother ever was in Israel for his brother in need, better than any person on this earth that you could ever turn to is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the dearest friend. And so come tonight and throw yourself on him. Come and trust in him. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Come to Christ tonight.